This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Gen Z Money. Today, we're talking all things life insurance and why it's important for young people. And today, I have Phil joining me. Thanks so much for joining, Phil. No worries. My pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and and how you got into insurance? Yeah, of course. Uh, I am a financial advisor and so I've been an advisor for 10 years. So I'm a little bit outside of the uh, Gen Z bracket and got into insurance um, because I'm just really passionate about um, making sure people are covered. I've got three young daughters, so I want to make sure I'm covered um, when if either something happens to me or my wife. So that's why I'm passionate about insurance. Awesome. And I know that you work pretty closely with Glenn, who runs My Millennial Money, who's the parent podcast of Gen Z Money. Um, So, you help a lot of My Millennial Money listeners? Yes. Yeah. I work closely with Glenn, the superstar, the myth, the legend that is Glenn. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we work super closely with a lot of the uh, My Millennial Money crew. Mm -hmm. And with your clients, are they mainly young people or do do you help a broad range of people? Uh, yeah, our average client age is 30 years old, but we sometimes work with uh, you know, older people like 45-year-olds, but that's probably the, the oldest we work with. Um, and then, yeah, anyone, you know, 20, 21-year-olds we work with as well. Okay, perfect. And just for anyone who, listening who doesn't have, you know, a background or a knowledge of life insurance, what are we referring to when we say life insurance? Yeah, so it's different to health insurance and car insurance and everything like that. Life insurance just covers yourself. So, uh, there's four types of cover. If you die, there's life insurance or death cover. If you can never work again, there's disability cover or TPD. Um, If you have a serious illness, um, that's trauma cover or critical illness is another term for it. And then income protection, which is kind of the most important. um, And that covers and replaces a portion of your income if you can't work because of an injury or an illness. Okay. So, it doesn't cover you if you lose your job. You don't get paid for that? No. If you made redundant, lose your job, quit and go overseas for 12 months, you won't get paid income protection. It just pays you if you're injured or ill. Okay. And how long does it pay you for? If you're injured for, you know, four years, do you get paid that whole time or how does that work? Yeah. So, got to look at the T's and C's of the policy. So, one of the major things to look at is the benefit period, um, which means how long we get paid the benefit for. Um, So, some policies cap out at two years, so they only replace your income for two years and then it stops. Some pay for five years and some pays all the way up until age 65. Uh, so, under that example, if you've got a five-year or age 65-year benefit period, then you get paid the four years, return to work, and then your income protection stops when you go back to work. Okay, cool. And you mentioned um, total permanent disability insurance and trauma insurance. What's the differences between the two? Yeah, good question. So, trauma is like covers 40-odd conditions. Um, it's mainly for illnesses. So, think about things like uh, cancers, heart attacks, strokes, um, serious illnesses, um, but it, you're not permanently disabled. So, that, that pays your lump sum uh, for both of them. And TPD, uh, if you could never work again because of an illness or an injury. So, you can get paid up on both. So, if you have cancer and it leads to a, you know, a severe disability where you can't go to work, uh, you can get paid both. Um, but they're generally speaking uh, separate. Okay, cool. And I know a pretty common question um, that people would have is, 
doesn't Medicare cover us for all these things? You know, if we were out of work for a long period of time, could we not just get Centrelink? What's the benefit of having insurance? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't know if, if anyone's been on Centrelink payments. It doesn't cover very much. Um, and so, yeah, there, there is some form of Centrelink. The, the issue with Centrelink benefits is they are, if you do have any form of assets or you've got cash, you often need to uh, use up some of that or, or wait a long period of time before you get um, anything. Um, Medicare does cover costs like we're, we're in an amazingly fortunate country uh, that we live in where we have public health system that's incredible. Um, so, yes, there will be lots of uh, costs covered uh, under Medicare. You will have a small amount paid under Centrelink, but for most people's circumstances, uh, it just doesn't cover anywhere near enough um, to actually um, survive off for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And then in terms of um, looking mostly towards young people, what types of cover, out of the four that you mentioned, what are the most common or most recommended covers for young people? So the, the things that I say, so I mean, obviously it's different for everyone, um, but for me, the one cover that I don't think is as necessary for young people is life insurance. Uh, you're paying for a cover that you're not going to use. If you're dead, you don't get the benefit. Um, so if you don't have any like major debts, don't have any dependents, um, then you probably don't need that. Um, a lot of people do look at disability as maybe not that necessary um, because they think if you're living at home with your parents, then, then they can support you. And I would just, my major question to people is, do you really want to live with your parents for the rest of your life? Um, and the answer to them- Your parents want you living with them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. 99% of people just say they do not want to live with their parents forever. Um, so, the, the three ones that I say are most important for, for your listeners and their likely scenario is income protection. That's the most important. Uh, and then trauma and disability, um, they're, they're both super important as well. Okay, perfect. And then if you do have a family, if you have a mortgage, the benefit of life insurance, I guess, is if you were to pass away, even though you don't get to use that uh, money, it means, I guess, that your family can pay off the mortgage and pay off all your debts and keep going without you. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Like from, from my situation, I've got three young girls uh, and my wife. So, if, if something happens to her or to me, we, I just want to be financially taken care of um, at, or Kate to be financially taken care of so we don't need to have any stress because in my mind, there's nothing worse than uh, if something happens to Kate or myself um, to be financially stressed out. It's, you know, the worst thing in our world has is, is just happened. So, I don't want to have to have that financial stress. Yeah, that makes sense. But what's the benefit then of um, getting insurance while you're young? So say, say for example, for me, I'm, I'm young, I'm healthy, I don't have a lot of debts, I don't have a family that's depending on me. Why would I bother getting it in my early 20s? Good question. And I mean, lots of people ask that question. The question I always ask is, if you've got an income that you need, then you should protect it. Um, doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, if you need your income, um, then you should have some protections, just like driving a car. Most people, especially while you're young, your income, when you think about how long you're going to be working for, is worth millions and millions of dollars. Like someone on 60 grand a year at 25 years old, their income's worth $6 million um, between now and retirement uh, without any pay rises or anything other than just inflation. So the value of your income is $6 million. If you drive a $6 million car around, you're going to be insuring that and that's kind of a no-brainer. So, your value of your income is uh, a lot worth a lot more uh, when you're younger but also 
the way you can structure your insurance premiums. Um, there's two different ways. Um, one is much more cheaper today but gets expensive as you get older, which is stepped premiums. Uh, and the other option which I like to do for young clients is level premiums. So it's much more expensive today but it doesn't increase based on your age. So you can kind of lock in your policy based on the age you take it out. Um, so it's much cheaper in the long term the earlier you take it out. Okay. So if I'm 23 now and I get insurance now at 23, I'll be more or less paying the rate of a 23-year-old when I'm in my 40s. Is that right? Is that where the benefit lies? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I know another benefit also of getting insurance young is that if you are healthier, it's easier to get insurance. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we talk to people half, half – well, 80% of the people we talk to, we talk about medical issues because that uh, makes up the biggest the biggest concern with insurance uh, is if you have any issues. So, you know, if you've been on a mental health plan in the last five years, that may have an exclusion on the policy moving forward. If you hurt your back, uh, you may have an exclusion on your policy moving forward. And those exclusions can be removed in the future, but, you know, people rarely get healthier as they age. Um, so the earlier you get it set up, the less likely you are to have any exclusions or loadings. Um, so that's another major advantage of getting it set up while you're younger. Yeah. And with, say, health insurance, it doesn't really matter what your health situation is. Kind of everyone can get health insurance. Um, what's What does underwriting mean when it comes to life insurance and what does that process look like? Oh, we're geeking out proper now talking about underwriting. I like it. Um, so underwriting is basically when you make an application for life insurance, um, the insurance company will want to know your health history. So they ask heaps of questions about lifestyle history as well as your health history. And so they'll assess your health and assess if they're going to offer you cover or not. So there's really um, four options from an insurance point of view. So the insurer will look at your health and go, yep, yeah, all good, standard rates. They'll look at your health and they say, hey, there's some concerns here, so we're going to put an exclusion on there. Or the third option is they'll load the cover, so they'll charge you more in premiums because, you know, for, for certain conditions. So if you're overweight, significantly overweight, they may charge you more for it. Um, or they can decline the cover. So from a health history point of view, um, you may have multiple injuries and illnesses um, in the past that have concerned, so they may decline the cover um, outright. And so you can't get any insurance cover or you've got limited options. Okay, so if that's the case and you know that you've got some health issues or maybe you know, you're an occasional smoker and you know that if you tell them that, it's going to be more expensive, could you not just not tell them? What's the, what's the risk there? Um, the risk is you just pay a whole bunch of money to an insurance company and they don't pay out a claim. Um, so when, you, when you're applying for cover, you do have a duty to disclose any information that's relevant to the application. So when they ask you a question like, are you a smoker? And you answer no. Um, at the time of claim, technically they could look at Facebook photos and see that you're smoking at parties and, and decline a claim. Um, because you've got lung cancer or even if it's a, you know, you bust your knee, you want income protection, they have the ability to decline a claim if you lie about it. So okay. always best to tell the truth and then deal with the consequences later uh, and manage that uh, with, with an advisor instead of lying and, and crossing your fingers and, and, and hope for the best at claim time. Yeah, good advice. Awesome. So 
If I'm thinking about getting life insurance, getting TPD, trauma, income protection, how do I know how much I need and how much can you get? So when we say life insurance, are we talking $50,000? Are we talking $500, a million? How does that work? What does that process look like? Uh, yeah, you can get heaps of cover. Like, so generally for young clients, like you're able to get more cover than you ever would need. Um, so the income protection, you can get covered for like $30,000 per month. Um, so way more than anyone generally needs. Uh, life insurance, like there's caps of $10 million. So you can get whatever cover you really want. Uh, in terms of like how much cover you need, uh, great question. Everyone I talk to, everyone of my clients, I ask the question during a meeting, how much cover do you think you need? 99.9% say they have got no idea. Uh, so that's kind of the question that um, definitely if you're going through an advisor, they'll help you kind of um, articulate how much cover you want or how much cover they think you need. But generally the way I see it is um, for all types of insurance, you want to be able to um, cover your income. So most of that is income protection, but income protection doesn't fully replace your income. And then you also want the ability to be maybe be able to pay off some debt if you do have a home loan um, or if you've got personal debts, you want to maybe be able to pay that off um, and then cover some money for medical expenses. Um, and so the way I view the world is for like trauma insurance, we want to cover 25% of your income for one year and $100,000 um, with for medical expenses. So the assumption being that if you have cancer, you're off work for 12 months, you'll get your income protection and uh, the difference between your, your income and your post-trauma income is as a lump sum as well as $100,000 for medical expenses. TPD, a different calculation we, we get to. Um, but yeah, think about like what is your income worth? How much do you need? Um, and, and thinking about replacing that. And you mentioned their trauma um, and if you were to get a cancer diagnosis, be off work for 12 months. What happens if you, for example, uh, you got a skin check, you had a melanoma and you could return to work the next day, but you still got that, you know, cancer diagnosis. It doesn't affect your ability to work. Would you still get that trauma payout? Yeah, you've got to read the T's and C's. So there may be um, like a partial payment for something like that. So most most insurers will generally pay a partial payment for, for something like that. But with trauma, you don't have to ever take any time off work. So let's say best case scenario, you have a severe heart attack, go to emergency, you're out of hospital in, in two weeks' time, you've taken sick leave for those two weeks, you'll still get your trauma claim, but you don't get any income protection and, and happy days, you kind of bank in your, your bank you know, any money that wasn't spent. Okay, perfect. And then with trauma as well, I'm just going to keep asking questions because this is an interesting one. Um, what if I'm completely healthy, I'm not going to get sick at all, but for example, I walk out tomorrow and cross the road and I get hit by a car. Is trauma insurance going to help me there? Trauma insurance um, generally doesn't, it doesn't cover that uh, unless or a freak accident, you lose a limb, then you may be covered under some trauma trauma cover um, but that's for disability insurance so you get hit by a car and you're out of work for 12 months you'll get your income protection you may not get trauma cover and you you may not get disability cover if you're if you're back at work after 12 months but if you could never work again then you would both get your income protection and your disability cover um, generally again it's all in the nitty-gritty of the policies as whether they'll pay them both out together. Um, but generally speaking, good quality policies, they'll pay out together. Okay. So this all sounds like it's a lot more complex than what it seems like um, when you first hear about life insurance. 
So can people just do it themselves? Can they go out there and, you know, call up the insurers and get their insurance or what's the easiest way to go about it? What's the benefit of seeing an advisor? Yeah, so there's there's easy and there's best. Um, so the easiest way to go about it is just go to one of the comparison websites. I'm sure you just Google income protection. You just click on a, a quote and then you just go through that, that way and go direct with the insurance um, provider. That's definitely the easiest way. And the reason why that's easy is because they don't do any of the medical underwriting. So they won't ask the medical questions. At claim time, it's definitely the hardest. Statistically, they pay out the least claims, um, so it's generally also more expensive. Um, so, easiest doesn't mean the best or, or appropriate. Um, so, that's the easiest way to do it. Um, the second option is going through a super fund. So, everyone's got super or will have super, um, and so you can get the cover through your super fund, um, and that's you're covered under the group policy. So, if you leave that group, you're no longer covered by that policy, um, and so there's that's another e- really easy way to get some cover. Um, often those policies, they have really low benefit amounts. So, an example, one one major super fund only covers $950 per month of cover for income protection. So, that's you know nowhere near enough for, for most people. But the best way to do it, and clearly I'm biased because I'm a financial advisor, um, but <laughs> the best way to do it is to go through an advisor, speak to an advisor, and they'll kind of be able to work out how much cover um, that you need. Um, they'll be able to work out, you know, which is the best provider based on your health history because that, as I said, has a major impact on the the types of cover you can get and they'll be able to help you through that whole process as well as, you know, if you ever need to update it, like if you're, you know, changing jobs, do you need to change the policy if you get married or have babies or buy a house, um, do you need to update the policy? And that advisor should be able to help you along the way as well. Um, and also, really importantly, at claim time, you know, if you or your partner pass away or something serious happens, just being able to um, be on the phone to a human being um, and your advisor to be able to help you get the claim paid as quick and as easy as possible is invaluable. Yeah, I know places I've worked when we've um, helped clients through insurance claims, sometimes you're fighting that battle for upwards of two years. I've seen advisors trying to get their claims paid out for their clients for over two years. And for the average person, especially if you've just gone through losing a loved one, you really don't have the energy for something like that. So I can definitely see the value there. Hmm. I mean, life insurance, I mean, it's difficult to decline a life insurance claim. Like, you just provide a death certificate, they should pay out pretty quickly. But it's just more the, you know, having to call up the insurance company, get the claims pack, instead of just being able to text your advisor and say, hey, can you just help us out? And someone you know who you can, you know, just send them a message, send them an email to help you with that claim. It's it's invaluable in that claims uh, at claims time. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, you mentioned mental health as well. Um, Where does insurance come in with mental health? Do any of these things cover? So say, for example, uh, something really horrible happens at work and um, I'm not able to work for a period of time because my mental health has suffered. Does insurance cover you there? Yeah. Yeah, it does. So um, as long as you don't have an exclusion uh, on the policy. So mental health, makes up huge portions of claims. Um, so, anything uh, inside of work, so stress, anxiety, your boss is a, your boss is a douchebag, um, then, you know, you can take time off work. 
uh, as long as the doctor's, you know, recommended it, uh, then you can still claim on your income protection. Uh, if you can never work again because of mental health condition, so stress, anxiety, depression, uh, you can still, you can also get a disability claim as well based on mental health. So that, I mean, just reiterate, that's why it's super important getting it young because, you know, you're more likely to get better quality cover without exclusions and loadings. And we never know what's going to happen in the future, whether we need to claim on mental health or, you know, back or, you know, we get hit by a car. Yeah, absolutely. So if I'm listening to this uh, podcast episode and I'm thinking, this all sounds really good. I think this is something I need to do, but I'm worried that I can't afford it. Can you give us an idea of what the process looks like to see an advisor to go through this um, kind of, you know, insurance application process and also, what is the average cost of insurance? Can you do you have to pay for it all out of your pocket? Can you pay for some through super? What would you tell people that are having those questions? Yeah, good question. So the best next steps is to contact an advisor. So most advisors will just have a chat over the phone or or maybe a sit down meeting with that advisor. Um, so I know for myself we do fifteen minutes um, with with anyone who's interested, and we just chat about our process. We talk about. Um, our, our cost and what we charge and so most advisors will will offer you that there are some advisors out there who will help you through that whole process and, and not charge you a fee um, for for any of their work because they get paid a commission from the insurance company uh, we in my business we charge a small fee um, just to do the initial work and then there's no additional fee so for us we charge $220 for singles or $330 for couples um, at this moment. So if you're listening in two years' time, it could have gone up. <laughs> um, and then in terms of the actual cost of insurance, there is huge amounts of variance in that. So if you're a, um, a paramedic, it's going to be much more expensive than if you're a CPA accountant. Um, so that that's a huge variance. If you're a smoker, you're going to get charged 50% extra premiums. Um, so there are so many variances with insurance policies. If you have you know pre-existing health conditions, um, that may increase your cost. Um, so it's really difficult, especially on the first phone call with my clients. Anytime they ask how much is it going to cost, I. I pretty much tell them, like, I've got no idea. If you're a smoker and your BMI is, you know, a 40 BMI, um, then you're going to be, and you're a paramedic, you're going to be much more expensive than someone who's got a BMI of 25, sits at a desk all day as a CPA accountant, and your age also has a big impact. So the thing I say to people is the cost is what the cost is. There are so many things that you or the, your advisor can adjust with regards to the premiums. And so, yeah, it's just working with your advisor and having that cost kind of benefit analysis and going, do I want to pay more money for better cover or do I want to um, dial it down and save money? Perfect. So, I know for myself, uh, definitely a huge advocate for insurance. I went and got my life insurance sorted out when I was 18. Uh, so, for anyone who's listening, I'd strongly encourage you to at least reach out to an advisor and see if it's something that you might need. How much cover do you have? <laughs> How much cover did you get? <laughs> How much did I get? Uh, it's changed since then because I, I review it regularly like everyone should, 23 now. Um, but how much did I start with? It would have been over 500000 for life in TBD. Okay. And at the time, I don't think I was earning really enough income to have it be worth insuring. Uh, but now I've got 75% of my income insured. So if anything happens, I know I'm looked after, which is a nice feeling. It's just nice to have that peace of mind and know that um, you're not going to have to rely on your parents and you're not going to have to rely on the government to help you if something goes wrong. 
and and also a large portion of the premiums can come out of your super fund as well. So that's, I mean, I'm sure that's probably how you've set it up. A lot of it's coming out of your super, is that right? Bit of both, yeah. Have some yeah. come from my bank account and some come from my super fund. Yeah, perfect. So yeah. The, the overall cost, whether it, you know, whatever the cost is, you can dial it down and, you know, take more out of super or you can, you know, cost take more out of your, out of your bank account to pay for it. Um, so there's heaps of things that you can always adjust and change up. Yeah, definitely. And just in what we chatted about today, I think we've covered the basics, but there's still so many more questions that I'm sure people have. If people want to get in touch with you, Phil, how can they do that? Yeah, good question. Just reach out. Um, I'm in the My Millennial Money Facebook group, or you can just connect with me directly. Um, we're about to rebrand our business, so sky.com.au. And so, yeah, you can just reach out to us um, on Facebook. Just find us somewhere. Just Google Phil Thompson, financial advisor, I guess. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll pop your website. And what's your email as well? Phil at sky, S-K-Y-E dot com dot au. No worries. Well, if anyone's listening and wants to chat a bit more about insurance or if you have any more questions, just get in contact with Phil. We'll leave the details of that in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming on board today, Phil. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure. I love talking about insurance. I geek out on it way too much. So thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks, guys. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, it's Glenn James here. One of the best ways to nail your personal finances is to develop a spending plan. If you don't have a system in place or you want to get started, check out the link in the show notes to the Glenn James Spending Plan. It will change your life. It's changed thousands of lives. You won't be disappointed. Also, if you're keen to support the show and try UpBank, there's a link in the show notes. Sign up, grab five bucks, have a coffee on us. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.